Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Asia VC Cast, hosted by yours truly, Daniel Song at the Song VC on Twitter. This week's special guest is Peter Choi from Gojack. Peter is the VP Head of Logistics at Gojack, responsible for product and business development, the analytics, and operations. Prior to this role, Peter covered the America's SMB market at Salesforce as a senior analyst and was a project strategy analyst within State Street Global Advisors' defined contribution effort. In his capacity, he monitored global industry trends, identified potential product gaps, and engaged in the strategic development of innovative solutions. So please join me in welcoming Peter Choi from Gojack. Hey, Peter, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Great, great. Why don't we get started by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and how you made your big move from Silicon Valley to Jakarta to join Gojack. So yeah, my name is Peter. I've been here for about uh, a year and a half. The whole time I've been supporting our logistics effort, which is primarily boiling down into two different products, GoSend and GoBox. Um, but to, to kind of go back and uh, tell you about where it all started, um, it's, it's quite interesting. So I'll boil it down to, to two primary takeaways. Uh, so the first and foremost is, is to stay flexible in your career. Uh, when I started mine, I was heavily involved in finance, uh, aspiring to become a portfolio manager. And I did some uh, investment consulting. I transitioned to asset management. Uh, but being in the Bay Area, I saw this whole tech revolution taking place in my own backyard. And more and more did I realize that I wanted to become uh, an integral part of it. And that realization uh, really led my desire to work at Salesforce, which was my third company that I worked for. And uh, it was still a massive company. And, and this, despite an innovative culture, mm-hmm. I really wanted something that was more uh, entrepreneurial uh, beyond that. So uh, the second advice I would have is to always continue networking. Uh, I had uh, two friends move out to Gojek uh, a year before I did. And as they completed their first year, they asked if anybody wanted to move over. Um, and you know, through all these video calls, the more I learned about the company and everything that it was trying to accomplish, technically, socioeconomically, even horizontally in terms of breadth, I became uh, infatuated. And, and that's really what, what drove me to, to come over here. Right. And did, before the move, have you actually visited Jakarta before or did you kind of pack your bags and uh, made the big move? Um, I, I read about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I just I just showed up yeah. <laughs> on my friend's doorstep. Right. I was really lucky to have them help with the transition. But but yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk more about that. So, how was that transition from working for you know Silicon Valley companies like corporate like Salesforce now to Gojek, which is an Indonesian startup that's very hyper focused on the logistics business and local business? Um, I mean, it, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, and and it, it was actually what I was looking for. Um, so, I wanted international experience. I wanted to to work for a smaller unit uh, where you have more responsibility. And I certainly got that, but um, yeah, I think one of the, one of the challenges is really learning about what a different market really uh, stands for. And there's a lot more nuance around what um, you know what problems they have compared to the problems that uh, you know companies in the valley have. Uh, a key example is 
Um, tactic, uh, uh, generally speaking, startups in the Valley focus on one value proposition or distribution channel uh, to begin with and, and scale along towards the path of profitability. And in Indonesia, especially after receiving uh, Chinese funding, we, we, we took a more uh, global mindset in, in the sense that um, seeing what the application of a platform would be, uh, similar to what, what a WeChat in China has. Um, and that we found is uh, really what allowed us to secure a wide user base and, and making sure that we're able to provide drivers as many jobs as possible. Uh, and that's what, what gave uh, the customers uh, the ability to keep returning to uh, the product. Gotcha. And your current role there is as a VP of logistics. I think in the introduction, you briefly mentioned what you do. Maybe you could share more details with our audience exactly what your day-to-day, you know, you mentioned that you're working at Upper uh, Go, Go Box, And what was the other product that you mentioned? Uh, Go Send. Go Send, yeah. Um, so to start off with, Go Box is our uh, on-demand, point-to-point, delivery using uh, trucks. So if you were thinking of uh, the US equivalent, I guess that would be lug. And the primary use case of that is to move large items and consumers uh, would, would pretty much use it to move apartments. Uh, and then we have a driver uh, or two and other features that would help you uh, along that process. And uh, that, that's been uh, a pretty convenient when I've had to move here myself. Um, for GoSend, uh, that really uses the, the core right. fleet of 900,000 bikes that we currently have and tapping into that network to uh, deliver any mm-hmm. goods that you want. Um, we see about half of our order right. volume catering to uh, regular users. Um, that would be you or myself who forget their laptop charger mm-hmm. at home and uh, need, you know, a driver to go pick them up. Um, and then the other half is with our uh, small, medium enterprise. Mm-hmm. And these SMEs uh, really rely upon, um, right. you know, these GoSend drivers to uh, help boost uh, sales in their businesses and uh, allow them to, you know, earn more and more income in their daily lives. Um, and then another piece or distribution channel that we, we tap into is our integrations with our e-commerce partners. Um, so now we have about 30 integrations and um, a user is able to go on an e-commerce platform. Uh, and when they check out, they select us as a delivery option. And uh, what's been really amazing during my time in here mm-hmm. is that we've pretty much created the market for same day delivery. Uh, whether it's instant one to two hours or same day six to eight hours, you're able to get that good um, fairly, fairly quickly. Right. And I think you're tackling one of the biggest pain points in Indonesia right now, which is logistics. Personally, I've been to Jakarta about three, four years ago and saw this in person. Maybe you could share our listeners the current, you know, the traffic situation, what the challenges that the Jakarta is facing as a whole in terms of you know traffic with the logistics. And how you're trying to solve that through technology and your role at Gojek? Yeah, so challenges, I guess, would be exactly what you mentioned. Um, Jakarta is notoriously known to be uh, or have one of the worst uh, congestions in the entire world. And it's it's pervasive. It's, it's all around town. You can kind of see it um, throughout the day, not just during rush hour. Um, so trying to navigate mm-hmm. through that using bikes. 
is um, something that has allowed us to be successful, but at the same time, it's it's um, it's it's a culture that has been present, uh, being on our motorcycle. So really leveraging uh, the foundation of what an OJEC that that uh, driver was, and then incorporating technology into it, and making sure it's a, as efficient as possible, and providing jo- jobs to drivers in, in various different facets is is what we have been trying to achieve. Uh, another thing is that uh, Indonesia mm-hmm. is the largest archipelago in the world, and it's spread out over 17,000 islands. And trying to bridge all wow. of those into, um, you know, uh, uh, transport, logistics, food delivery is uh, has has been an interesting problem to solve, uh, especially when we think about uh, how do we crack middle mile. Um, and finally, yeah, I guess in terms of technology, uh, we realize that you can't really win logistics uh, by yourself. So in terms of uh, trying to find partners and, and collaborate in ways where you can tackle all of those challenges up front is definitely something that we found uh, to be uh, a kind of a, a silver bullet. Right. And other than Gojek, what is the competitive dynamics like in Jakarta, Indonesia right now? Are there any main competitors that are trying to solve the problems that you guys are solving as well? Um, if you're talking about Gojek uh, as the, the core products, Grab is definitely our main competitor. We were also competing against Uber. Um, but with the recent news that they've uh, sold their Southeast Asian operations over to, to Grab, uh, that certainly makes it very clear who, who, who we're competing against. Um, there's other companies that uh, compete solely in certain verticals. Uh, but if you're speaking about logistics, I would say Grab Express is also a, a main competitor. Um, but there's also a, a ver- variety of logistics services that uh, we currently don't offer. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, if we want to take more and more market share within Indonesia, those are the types of players that we're going to have to go up against. Uh, so there's there's the traditional JNAs, the, the JNTs, and then in terms of uh, companies that are newer, um, you you come up with a, the Ninja Vans uh, and Sichapat. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. So you know, Gojek though started as an <clears throat> on-demand ride-sharing platform is now aggressively expanding into other consumer businesses such as, you know, GoBox and also delivery and payment, GoFood and GoPay. How do you think these decisions are made, you know, when to expand to other businesses other than, you know, of course, having always having that core business? And how do you think your company goes about choosing into, okay, this business area makes sense that the Gojek can expand into? So so one thing that I think we've been very good at is uh, being data-centric to the core and not just in terms of, um, you know, being detail oriented, but also doing overall uh, market segmentation and, and trying to understand the users as much as possible. Uh, so based on this data, we're, we're able to see uh, how best we can, uh, A, uh, provide drivers the most jobs and B, how uh, efficiently we're able to do that. Um, so there are instances where we vary away from uh, utilizing the core fleet. Um, for example, Go Life, there's other services. Uh, you know, like, um, you know, go massage, go clean, go auto that really help you, um, find as many use cases as possible in the platform. But at the same time, uh, there's other main areas, uh, like GoSend that really help, um, uh, that, that are part of your more frequent, 
uh, utilization of, of Gojek. Uh, and then the one thing that really bridges everything together, as you mentioned, is GoPay. Uh, so in terms of trying to dominate a segment that allows that, that, that touches all these products already, um, that, that really is, um, you know, how, how we viewed, um, the, the overall platform strategy. Um, you can see that in our uh, recent acquisitions, uh, mid-trends, Mapan, uh, that really bolster, as well as Kartuko, that really bolster uh, our ability to, um, you know, hit the home run that is go pay. Um, it allows us to go both uh, online as well as offline. And uh, with, with recent favorable regulations, uh, we're able to provide um, an environment that allows you to uh, soon go to restaurants and say, I want to pay without my wallet. And in a country where cash is king, that becomes hugely powerful for us to, um, you know, provide for users. Right. And not only Gojek, but you see everywhere in Southeast Asia right now, whether it's a big commerce player, a lot of these companies are focusing into payment. And like you mentioned, customer going to restaurant, riding a Gojek, paying at the restaurant without a card. Um, what advantages does Gojek have that you guys grow the user base for GoPay uh, with your current uh, structure of Gojek? Um, so I think payments, uh, you know, there's there's a couple things here. Um, I guess in the developed markets, credit card utilization is very high uh, and, and pretty much the preferred uh, method of payment. Um, but when you come to uh, countries in Southeast Asia, you can see it as low as 2 to 3%. And that, uh, you know, speaks to the market that's unbankable. Uh, it also speaks to uh, the lack of trust in uh, and financial security that users feel in options that are available to them. Uh, but at the same time, that creates opportunity. Um, so when, when GoPay really took off, uh, especially because it provided uh, a means to tap into Gojek services that were a lot cheaper, uh, we viewed it as an opportunity to to tackle the the previous problem I was talking about, um, and that allows us the option value of expanding into many different types of financial solutions uh, down the line. So, uh, in terms of uh, you know getting people more and more comfortable, I think that's still somewhat in the stage that we're in. Uh, but soon enough, we're able to provide uh, a lot more. Um, you know, financial options for, um, you know, pe- people who, who've never had access to these types of services uh, that would actually help them to, to grow their own uh, businesses even more. Uh, but this is, yeah, this is not just happening in, in Indonesia, uh, but a lot of people are trying to solve this problem. And that's what's kind of creating this, this race towards innovation. Right. Now I'm curious, you know, being in Korea myself, uh, it takes card everywhere. You go to, say, 7-Eleven, you buy a gum they'll still take credit card, right? So the penetration here is extremely, extremely high. Because of that, you don't really see the Koreans giving cash to someone and, and getting their balance up on the wallets, but which is prevalent in Southeast Asia. So do you think potentially the credit card never have a, as a high penetration as you know other countries, but start from the mobile wallet and that continues to just grow and grow uh, where they don't need a credit card? Um, absolutely. Um, if, you, if you look at... Um, certain statistics. Uh, for example, in Indonesia, if you look at all of the internet traffic, 70% of that comes from mobile. And that is really indicative of uh, 
how much of a mobile first country this is. And you see that in many other pockets uh, of the world that are, you know, trying to jumpstart um, their financial development and, and try to go through a non-traditional path of, you know, going credit cards first and going straight to mobile wallets. You know, Nigeria is an example, uh, Indonesia is an example. And uh, I think that allows users to uh, leapfrog into a method of payment that many see to be more flexible than, uh, than having credit cards. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I want to talk about, you know, your life at Gojek the past year and a half. Um, I'm sure it flew by, but what changes have you witnessed during the year and a half at Gojek, you know, both inside the company uh, as well as within the Indonesia ecosystem? Um, I think change is always good. And uh, you have to be on your toes and be very uh, adaptive to that change. And especially in a market that's growing so fast, um, you constantly need to pivot and make sure that your business direction is going in the right way. Um, you know, that's with any market, but I think the amount of growth that Southeast Asia is seeing, uh, more than ever do I think that uh, to be true. So, yeah. Gotcha. So what to expect from you and Gojack this year? Um, I think for us to, to really hit on our use cases uh, even further. Um, so customer experience is something that I think will be uh, perfected. Um, you know, it's been our, our main focus, uh, but trying to take that to um, the next level in terms of product. Uh, another focus that we'll have is doing the same thing, uh, but on the merchant side. Uh, so how do we make sure that those uh, users are going to be sticky? Mm-hmm. And the way we do that is going to provide them uh, a set of value propositions that uh, makes them want to stay on the platform as long as possible. Uh, an example of this is launching GoResto. Uh, so this is a merchant-facing mm-hmm. UI uh, that allows them to mm-hmm. manage their content. Um, you know, it will also have uh, features where they'll have more control over um, and insights around their customers. So through that, uh, we'll be able to really help businesses grow and become entrepreneurial themselves. Um, and finally, payments, uh, trying to make it ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this is kind of riding the wave, the riding the trends that users will eventually uh, be more comfortable using our e-wallet. But part of it is also driving it. Uh, so making sure that uh, we're able to offer it in, in many other areas uh, that are part of people's daily lives so that when you don't have your wallet, when you don't have cash on hand, that you already have it at your fingertips and access to your assets. That's that's part of what we're trying to do as well. Um, so I see us really hammering down, um, you know, th- those three elements uh, and continue to do that for the rest of the year. Great. No, thank you so much for sharing the insights on Indonesia. I think a lot of our listeners are curious about what's going on latest in the market, where there's so much attention and growth happening which is very exciting. And Gojek is definitely leading the way of this growth. Uh, thank you again, Peter, for uh, sharing your stories and um, your insights with us. We're really looking forward to what's coming ahead of you and Gojek this year. Absolutely. Looking forward to reconnect. Um, thanks for listening in.